This is the Inside Pitch with your host, Christopher Lockhart. That's a sleepy Christopher Lockhart. Uh, yes, the Inside Pitch. Our first show for the new year, 2015. I'll confess I'm a little tired today because we moved offices. So, you know, WME uh, last year... Um, bought, uh, I think, probably the world's largest sports agency, uh, IMG. So now WME IMG is the world's largest talent agency. And uh, so we're expanding and making room. And so I moved my office, and it's a long day unpacking, and I'm tired. I'm supposed to be reading scripts and yelling at writers. I'm not supposed to be unpacking. So I didn't get all that much done today and um, in terms of work. So this is actually a good day to call me because uh, I'm probably, you know, I'm like, I'm like, um, I'm typically that um, ornery bee, but today it's like someone's blowing smoke in my uh, face. And so it's uh, calming me. So I'm not likely to yell at you and... Uh, just stay very calm, cool, and collected. I might even drop off. I might even fall asleep during your pitch. Uh, so, and why not? Because you're often falling asleep during my show. I think fair is fair. Uh, the inside pitch, of course, is produced by Kevin Hill and uh, brought to you by Screenwriters Utopia. And I would like to tell you the date of our next show, which is February 23rd. It's about a month from now, and we we switched uh, dates. Every now and then we switch dates. We say we're going to do it this date, and then, of course, we just switch it at a moment's notice because nobody's really listening anyway. And, uh, well, at least not live. Come on, really? Who's live? Who's listening live? You know, you can talk to me right on the Inside Pitch Facebook page. That's uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash the Inside Pitch. And uh, there's a a crew there, people like Julie and and maybe Phil and, uh, oh, let me see, who else? This is like romper room. I'm holding up that uh, holding up that mirror. Oh, I see Samantha Ryan and and Nadia. Oh, oh, there's Gary. Remember romper room? Anyway, uh, let's see Tumblr page. We have a Tumblr page. I still don't know what the Tumblr page is. I've never been there. The inside pitch dot com, and that's Tumblr T U M B L R. It's very clever. And we have a. Email address, the inside pitch mail at gmail.com. And all of that, of course, is commandeered by the, the terrific Kevin Hill, who uh, takes your calls. And of course, you can, if you would like, uh, you can call me. You can call me right now at 646 716 9113. 646 716 9113. That's the number. We have a couple of callers tonight. Um, and. You know this is how this works. You call, you 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 pitch your idea to me, and uh, I let you know how I feel about it. And it's just my opinion. I'm not the final word uh, in this. And you could pitch your story to 20 different people, and you would get 20 different opinions. Uh, but mine is, of course, very uh, very informed. I am an expert in my field. At least that's what I tell my mother. 
So uh, let's see. Is it time? Am I chatting enough? Is there anything that I should talk about? Mm, the first caller is Blake. I like that. Blake. Because we don't know if it's a man or a woman because that's an androgynous name. And I think I hear Blake now. Yes, you do. How are you? And Blake is a man. Ding, Blake ding, is a ding. Man. Or a woman with a lot of testosterone. And a cold coming on too, so. Uh, you know, I think I'm a little sniffly too. It's kind of embarrassing because I'm like, you know, sniff, sniff, sniff. So where are you calling from, Blake? Uh, I'm calling from the lovely LAX adjacent hamlet of Westchester. Ah, Westchester. I know it well. No, well, I'm down there a lot actually. My very good friend Rhonda lives in uh, Westchester, so. Yeah, great area. Yeah. Down there all the time. Real estate's going up there, getting more and more expensive. <sighs> that it. That it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you do when you're not writing, Blake? I work for a music startup called uh, Gigmore. We are a basically a social network for musicians. Cool. All right. And uh, so, any of our listeners who are also into music can find that website online somewhere. Yeah. Gigmore.com, G-I-G-M-O-R.com. Look at that. See, I'm in, I, I'm just so tired that that I will let people just just sort of come on and just let us know what you do. And, you know, the three or four people that are listening might actually go to this Gigmore.com. Yeah, so, and two of them are my parents. There you go. Well, maybe maybe my parents will, will, will but they don't listen, so. So that's, so that's not going to happen. Um, by the way, I just did a podcast. I was the guest uh, of a uh, the Scripts and Scribes podcast, and that's going to go live uh, early next month. So uh, we talk a lot about what uh, we do here at the at the Inside Pitch podcast too. And uh, the host of that, Kevin, was very gracious and said a lot of nice things about this podcast. And I was like, really, this podcast sucks. He's like, no, no, it's very good. It's very valuable. So um, I'm going to now try to offer you some value, all right? I'm going to offer you some value, Blake. You're going to um, you're going to pitch or whatever you want to do, you have my ear. And I'm going to all really right. – I'm going to do my best to pay attention to you. I, uh, I appreciate you doing this. I, it's right. a really great thing that you do. Well, all thank right. you, thank you, thank you. Maybe I'll go to heaven. So, <laughs> so the title of my screenplay is called Zen. Um, them. And, and that was the old Edmund Gwynn movie, Them, with giant ants. Like the giant ants movie, yes. Yeah. Um, so it's an adaptation of a concept album by a music artist named King Diamond. Um, it's a supernatural horror. So what I'm going for tonally is something in the way of uh, The Changeling. Um, and to be clear, that is the George C. Scott movie, not the Angelina Jolie. Thank God. Uh, and something kind of more recently like The Babadook. Um, you know, movies that have that kind of real slow burn kind of horror feel to it. <clears throat> right. So the logline is uh, after his father dies, an introverted teen is befriended by a parental psychopath with a diabolical agenda. Okay, what was that adjective? What kind, what kind of psychopath? A parental psychopath. A parental psychopath. Okay, so yeah. what does that mean? It's like a psychopath who's... Like paternal or maternal? Yeah, a maternal psychopath. Okay. Okay, so can you just recite that logline one more time? After his father dies, an introverted teen is befriended by a parental psychopath with a diabolical agenda. Okay, so before we go on, 
because I want to mm-hmm. hear more. But here's my complaint, and I think a lot of people who listen to the inside pitch know what the complaint is, which is that um, your protagonist, who I'm assuming is the teen, Correct. Uh, is uh, inactive. Uh, or you have him on the defense, and you've put the um, paternal psychopath on the on the offense. Uh, remember, she, stories are about us following the protagonist who has a problem and uh, sets out to solve that problem. And uh, so it just sounds like you need to sort of uh, rearrange uh, the log line and really offer it more from the point of view of the protagonist. Now, I, I, that's 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 what I think. Now, you know, you might have a movie where the protagonist is just running, 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 running from the psychopath and doesn't do all that much until, you know, the last five pages. Um, and I might be able to detect that in, in your pitch now. So why don't you just go ahead, tell me a little bit about the story, you know, pitch it, don't, okay. you know, you, you don't need to, uh, you know, it's not like fade in. It's yeah, a rainy no. night and the paternal psychopath walks down the street. So I, I will okay. I will totally Sorry. paint uh, paint broad strokes. Okay, so, broad strokes. That's the term. Go ahead, Blake. This is uh the story is about a 17 year old named Ian Larkin and his family and a winter vacation that goes really really bad. So during this vacation, the Larkin family is involved in a horrible car accident that leaves Ian's father David hospitalized and his family kind of stranded. So. The only place for Ian and his mom, Abby, and his little sister, Missy, to stay is in this, you know, you got to have an isolated boarding house um, outside. I've lost you, Blake. Blake, I lost you. I mean, I was, I was right there. I was right with you. I was, I was uh, uh, at, the, at the edge of my seat. Boarding houses scare me. Um, and you just, you just, I wonder if the paternal psychopath got Blake. Is that is that possible? Is this just a way to sort of tease me? Maybe he was talking on a cell phone. I, I don't think you should call in on a cell phone. I don't know. I always do this on a um, on a live, uh, you know, like a like a you know, like a hard line. Is that what they call it? A hard line. All right. So Blake is gone, and I don't know where he is, and. Uh, but I know that we have another caller, and maybe Blake will call in afterwards. So it's sort of like we're going to going to do a um, – it's like a cliffhanger. So you're dying to know what happens to uh, to Blake, and we're hopefully we'll we'll get back to maybe Kevin can can work on that. So Kevin, why don't you uh, introduce me to our next caller? Who are you? Who is our next caller? Karen. Is that Karen, did you say? Karen, yes. Hello. Have we spoken before? We did. I got a feeling great. So I'm here, you know, back trying it again. Were you the woman who lived, like, out in the cabin area? You know, you were sort of, like, up north? Well, it's certainly not a cabin, but it's a lovely place, (sighs) yes, in in the woods, northern Monterey. Yes, of course, Monterey. I love the way you dropped that, Monterey. I remember we spoke not not that long ago. We practically made love. We I, totally I, did. We totally did. I, I completely remember you. Uh, and uh, so you didn't quite get a passing grade. Now you had, if 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 I re- 
I'm not always sure because, you know, I get a lot of – look, I get a lot of wacky women calling with these crazy-ass <laughs> pitches. And um, yours was kind of like, oh, it had a lot – it was very big, very broad, lots of crazy stuff going on. Am I right? You said your your head was fudge. My, my okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you turned you turned my brain to fudge, uh, which isn't a bad thing, by the way, because we all love fudge. So, uh, have you uh, have you done with that pitch what you should have done, which is destroy it? Uh, and are you offering something new today, or have you tried to somehow, some way, like Doctor Frankenstein, try to salvage that dead corpse? No, I. I put it through a mean machine. All right. You know something? I'm going to be the judge of that. <laughs> okay. All right. So go ahead. Uh, now, just 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 so we're clear on this again, I, I'm I'm very sleepy. I'm very sleepy today. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down. I'm on my couch. Hang on a second. I'm gonna sit down here because I really really want to pay attention. I'm gonna close my eyes. All right. You're on. Okay, well, comfortable. I'm ready to start. So Go, baby, go, it, go. All right. It is a drama, romance, fantasy. And the tone of it, just think of the little house on the prairie spends a night in the museum. Little house on the prairie spends the night in a museum. Oh, you mean like a night in the museum. You mean the Ben Stiller movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Little house on the prairie meets... Um, a night in the museum. Okay, that's yeah. that's interesting. Okay, all right, go ahead. Yeah. I'm I'm with you so far. Okay, it's titled "In the Key of Green." In the and Key of Green. It's a, yeah, and it's about uh, brought to her knees by sabotage. A kick-ass botanist discovers her real enemy after a Cherokee mystic unites her with her spirit guides, the vo- the very voices she shut out in childhood. Okay, so this is a botanist who was haunted by spirits in her childhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, now she's reconnecting with them using this um, this this guide, I guess, as yeah. some sort of like medium. You got it. Okay, and all right, so... But I want yeah. to tell you that you're still in the um, haunted house from Blake, so she wasn't exactly haunted by them. But okay. she was obsessed, and she was living in, walking between two worlds, no question about it. Okay, and, and, and but did this obsession disturb her? Why would we, the audience, care about okay. this? How are uh, we yes. feeling about this obsession of hers? Are we afraid for her? I'm, we, I'm we're, just trying to get a grasp on this, because let's yeah. face it, no matter how hard I try to get a grasp on this, it's never going to happen. This thing is going to continue to slip through my fingers. I already know that, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. I'm, I'm gonna, this is like trying to grab a fish, uh, I, I suspect, but, but so we, far, we're doing okay. All right, so how do we, the audience, feel about this? Uh, well, she's a frisky little thing. We feel sorry for her because her father's an atheist, and thinks it's all utter nonsense, so she has to live in her own world. And this is a man who she uh, loves more than life itself and wants to emulate. Okay, so and, real... and and how do these spirits manifest themselves to her she, as a child? She is a garden lover, and she's out in the garden, and she sees shimmering iridescence 
over the roses and they basically in she's mesmerized. Are you sure it's not pesticide? Because I'm feeling like spraying a little raid on this, but 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 let's 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 keep moving. Um, okay, well then then it gets deeper because at night she has visions of Jesus. Oh, so there's spirits from when she was a child, and then visions of Jesus. We're going all over the place. And you never did LSD or anything like that, right? <laughs> Back in the '60s, did you do LSD in the '60s? Tell the truth. I didn't Tell the need truth. it. I, I huh? swear to God, I didn't, I didn't need it. I got high off flowers. This is me. This is true. Okay, you got you get high off flowers. You mean like poppies? <laughs> well, Himalayan poppies especially, but no. Mm, um, all right. Okay. Of and, course. And, and, all right, and so tell me then what what's what's happening um presently so now the this this guide in enables her to connect with these with these spirits from the past is that correct yeah but that's long that's way down the line actually she oh. grows up to be she grows up to be this you know completely fierce competitor um in the in the high stakes game of wine, which is under contract to a greenhouse firm. I see know. wine. So we go from botany to wine. Right. Because the first ten first ten pages is her childhood. Okay. So we set That's up good. we we set up this uh, very intense child, mm-hmm. but she's lovable and she's got an adorable father. But he's got this problem. He's an atheist and he doesn't want to listen to what she's saying. So she. I hate atheists. They are. Oh, they're so evil. Evil, evil atheists. Oh, but did they but destroy but our world. Anyway. But, but he has so much love, you, and you fall in love with him. Okay, but listen, you want to stay with your protagonist. When you pitch, okay. stay with your protagonist because okay. it's your protagonist's story. So don't start to divert because that could be very dangerous for you. Just in Thank general, you. when you're trying to pitch somebody your story and you start to sort of go off on tangents or you start to divert down this side street and down that side street, it becomes difficult to follow. And, you know, the thing that I'm always trying to find first and foremost is I'm trying to find who is the protagonist, what is the protagonist struggling to achieve throughout the story, and what stands in the protagonist's way. And that's what I'm trying to mine anytime I hear a pitch. And hopefully the writer just gives that information to me right off the bat, like in their log line. Um, but Blake didn't do that, and you didn't do that. And uh, most writers, when they call in, don't do that. And it's because they're still learning their craft and because they uh, they don't have a fucking clue what they're doing. But um, <laughs> but uh, so that's what I'm trying to figure out. So. Um, so let's let's sort of come up to what the what the heart of the story is. So now we have this botanist. And I'm going off of your logline. We have this botanist who is sort of reconnecting with the with with this past that she has from with help of the spiritual guide. But what does that mean? Where's the drama? So then, what happens? Well, in the in the logline, it says the kick-ass botanist discovers her real enemy. So had oh. you asked that question, you would then get, because it was just impossible to say it all. Um, uh, well, yeah, but... She's, you, trying, she's trying to emulate her brilliant father. Okay, so 
But so why can't you just say that? And this is the thing that I always, you know, always kind of frustrates me is that, you know, why do writers try to mask their story? It's, oh, I wasn't. You, no, I was just but trying yes, to. Yes, yes, no, story. you are. You know, you're masking it instead of just coming out and saying this is what it is. You know, that's our society, just in general. It's like, you know, when was the last time you really looked somebody in the eyes and said, I love you? You know, we're just so busy trying to hide our feelings, repress, suppress, oppress. And that's what this is. That's what this is all about. You can't tell me you love me. I love anyway. You. I love thank you, Chris. You. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, you need to avoid being vague. There's no, this is not a puzzle. This is not a rebus. This is, this is telling somebody exactly what your story is about. It's not about being mysterious. It's not about being coy. It's about telling somebody what the story is about. If somebody said to you, excuse me, Karen, can you tell me how to get to the supermarket? You would say, well, you go down a block, you turn left, you turn right, and then make another left and at the light, it's there on the corner. That's what I would hope you would do. But when you, if you were to give somebody directions, like the way you pitch, you'd say, well, what I would suggest you do is maybe drive a little bit that way, and then whichever way the wind is blowing, you might want to go that way. For You see what I'm saying? I mean, I'd be like, gee, can you just tell me how to get to the fucking supermarket, please? And um, so I, I think that's what a lot of writers are. Either they don't know their stories or they're just trying to be uh, – uh, you know, mysterious because they think it's it's seductive and alluring, and it's not because somebody just has to know what your story's about. So it's like just just give them the directions. And so, so this is about a about a woman who grows up and uh, she's unhappy with her life, and, and she because she wants to emulate her father. And what does that mean? What did her father do? Did her father win the Nobel Prize? Was he the first man on the moon? Did he discover uh, uh, the aliens? So just, you know, very, very briefly, what is it that the, that, that the dad did that she wants to emulate? He was a brilliant chemist who taught her about the love, her love of plants. Okay, and so, but yet... If her goal is to emulate him, what what does that mean? What are we watching in the movie? Are we just going to watch her like, you know, stand over, um, you know, like a hydrangea bush and just look at it longingly, because you know she wants to be a great botanist like her dad? Well, what does that mean? You know, yeah, what, I get it. You know what 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 does it mean? Because that's that's what movies are about. Movies are about behavior. Movies are about people doing things, and they're doing specific things. You know, I think um, not too long ago, I was uh, we were having a little discussion on the Inside Pitch page, and I, I had a conversation with Jane Henning, who I believe is listening tonight. And you know, I used the film Philomena as an example because it was it was very simple. You know, it's a very it's a very easy, very simple story. That you know, this it's a story about a woman who who sets out to find her son. 
you know, she travels from Great Britain to America to find her son. And what does that entail? Well, that entails having to kind of snoop around and investigate and do this and do that. And, um, and it's very direct. And, uh, and it's about telling people that. And, uh, and if you were to pitch that story to me, hopefully you could tell me what it is that she did. Well, first she does this, and then she does that, and then she does this, and then she does that. And this is all, all in pursuit of her finding her son. And her finding her son is a very tangible goal. It's something that we all understand. It's very simple. It's very easy. It's not esoteric. It's not internal. It's not novelistic. It's cinematic. And so what I'm hearing from you is I'm hearing a lot of things that do feel rather novelistic. They feel more internal. And that's not an insult. And I know that sometimes Steve Enlow on the Inside Pitch page gets offended when I say that sounds like it's a novel. And that's not an insult. But it's an insult if you're writing a novel as a screenplay. Um, you know, maybe you should write it as a novel. Maybe you should think about that. Because I'm still not hearing the movie. You know, I still haven't. Because this, this is our second call. And you can keep calling forever and ever. In fact, this show could just be about you and me. Be about you and me. Once a month, you and me. Um, but I'm still I'm still not hearing the movie, and I think that there's so much going on. And really, think about simplicity. Think about your plants. You're a botanist. Everything starts from a seed, one seed. And I hear too many seeds here. There's too many seeds. You know, I hear like spiritual this, and there's Jesus, and then there's a spiritual guide, and I don't know what that means. Is that is that like is that like a Native American guide or? Uh, you know, so I, I don't. So it just, you know, again, it feels very, it feels very big and very um, unwieldy. I know you. Hate well, it. huh? Yeah, no, I can see why you say this, and I, I see my my problem. And what is I your was, problem? Tell me. Tell, well, I will, tell me what your problem is. Aside from brain chemistry, what is your problem? Tell me. Tell <laughs> me what you think your problem is. Um, it is a little. Um, it's not that it's unwieldy because I got it in, it's in 103 pages and that's giving extra space like they like you to in between each scene, master scene. Um, so, no, it's, there's a lot of white space, but it is a large idea. I did already write a book. This is... Ah, 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 well, there you go. Well, good. Yeah, you know, I think it's a large idea, and for me, I'm still not, I'm, I've still not been able to hear the movie, and so I'm wondering if you've really, truly been able to dramatize it. I think that's 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 the big trust, question. Trust so, me, I have. I just well, have again, I know that you've written a screenplay, but just because you've written a screenplay doesn't mean you've written a screenplay. I read lots and lots and lots of terrible screenplays with people saying, "Oh, I dramatize. I've got great characters. I've got this. I've got that," and I read it, and all they've got is shit, you know, on 120 pages. Now, I'm not saying that you have shit. You might have manure uh, because you are a botanist. But um, <laughs> it's not a movie yet. It's not a movie yet. Now, Kevin's telling me that Blake is back on, so i got to go jump to Blake. But you're going to okay. call me back again. We're going to do this every now and then, okay? I, I, on the 23rd? If you, if you want to call, you know something? You, you, can just, you can just call me on my private line. 
Well, I think I need to do that because I, you know what? I yeah, because you know something. Work. My listeners are tired of your terrible story. They don't want to I'm hear not it letting, anymore. I'm not going to let this. I'm not going to give up. Okay, listen to me. Email me. I'll give you my phone number, and you can call me. Okay. Okay, dear. Okay. Thank okay. you so right. much we'll for talk. being patient. Okay. Bye. Of Hope course, of better. course. Okay. Bye, bye. All right, Blake. Where's Blake? Because we don't have a lot of time left. What happened to Blake? Did we lose him again? Now here I am. I'm here. I'm ready to Blake. It says we're going to Blake after this. Blake, are you there? I am here. Blake, what happened to you? Uh, I was sitting here, and there was communication breakdown. Who knows? The call dropped. All right. Uh, Kevin, let me know how much time we have, please. So, um, okay, Blake. So uh, we left off, and there was a like a spooky boarding house. All right. So quick recap. Bad car accident, father in hospital, hanging out, uh, moving into a boarding house. So basically by the end of Act 1, uh, the city and father's declared brain dead. So his mom, Abby, has to pull him from life support. So moving into Act 2, Ian has trouble coping with all of this, and the event uh, triggers a repressed memory, which kind of sets him out on a path to discover the nature, the true nature of his relationship with Abby, um, basically whether or not she is actually his mother or not. So, Okay, so let me understand this then. Uh, because, I, I, again, like I said to previous caller, Karen, I want to understand who the protagonist, and I understand that it's this, this teen, but I want to understand what it is that he's doing throughout this story. What is his goal? What is his mission? What is his problem? What is he trying to solve that we are at the edge of our seats uh, in, a, in a life or death situation, whether that be um, literal or figurative, and uh, are, are waiting to see if he's able to solve this problem or not? So is this problem about him trying to figure out if this woman is his actual mother or not? Well, it's, it's about the nature of, of his family. And so... All right, it, just, all right but stop, it, stop. Because, again, that's, that's vague. I don't know what that means. So okay. what... All right, so try to, if you can, think about it in terms of a problem, okay? So, for example, all right, I could say, yeah, uh, well, you know, I come from a screwed-up family. That's very vague, Correct. So Correct. then I could say specifically, my father was an alcoholic and he beat me. Now that's much more specific, isn't it? To say that right. I come from, you know, screwed up family, to then be able to to really sort of crystallize that and be very specific. So you're still being vague. And remember, vague is is the cancer to your story. It's cancer. Right. It's cancer in your pitch, and it's cancer in your script. And if you have cancer in your pitch, you probably have cancer in your script. All right. So this is so yes. this so this so this is I'm I'm doing a biopsy now with you. I'm really trying to sort of pull it out and see what it's about. Now listen, not every single story necessarily has to have this specific kinds of problem. Sometimes problems are a little more vague, and uh, and I know that I've read uh, you know. 50,000 scripts in 25 years. And so I've seen it all. You know, nobody can ever tell me that I haven't read you know, what they've written because I have read it. And I know when it works and I know when it doesn't work. Uh, but I'm still not hearing that from you. I'm still not hearing, okay, I get what you're doing and I, 
I can sense that it's working. So I'm still quite not getting that yet. But we're, you know, as I chisel away, because I'm just going to continue to be very obnoxious and annoying and chisel away. Now, again, I'm hoping when I'm chiseling away that you and our listeners are learning from that and understand that I shouldn't have to chisel. Uh, you know, you should, you should, you're the sculptor. You know, you're the sculptor. You should come with that, with that piece of art completed. Um, but you're making me chisel like, by the way, most of the callers do. So I'm not, not um, picking on you. So, um, so I, I want to know again specifically, what is it that this kid is doing in the movie that I as an audience member give a shit about? What is it that okay. he's do- what what is his problem that I care about? Because because so far I'm not hearing anything I'm not hearing anything that I care about. I'm like I don't get it. You know where where's the tension here? Right. You know. So, okay. I think the best way that I can describe it is that so his whole world has been turned upside down. So when because because, because it's his go ahead because his father's died. Um, they're stranded and basically in the middle of nowhere. It's very isolating, and you know. Okay, he's, but it's safe to say that everybody's world there is turned upside down. Right. Correct. All right, Correct. Fine. But he's in this tough. He's in this tough spot. We get that. But at this moment, he is he is stagnating. Um, so the question is, you as the dramatist, how do you dramatize this now? So they're stranded. The dad's dead. Um, they've had this horrible car accident. And then what? He starts to experience things inside the house of the kind of supernatural nature. Um, okay, give me one example, one very quick example of what you're referring to. He, uh, he hears things going on in the attic above him. He peeks through a keyhole, and he catches a vision of his uh, father and uh, the woman that he thinks is actually his mother. Okay, so his suspicions about um, his mom not actually having his DNA is because of this vision that he's seen, or has he always suspected this? No, he's kind of always suspected it, but again, his uh, when his father was removed from life support, it triggered a repressed memory of his, his birth mom passing away in the hospital. Okay, so, okay. All right, fine. Okay, fine. So then what? So again, I'm still trying to figure out where the movie is. This, to me, all feels like a setup so far. And it's fine. This is, this is perfectly good so far. Uh, so, so then what? So the woman who runs the boarding house, Lilith, uh, being the psychopath that she is, starts to, you know, initiate that kind of contact of, of you know, befriending him. Um, and okay, now him under I her want wing. you to be, all right, now I want you to be careful because you are doing what Karen did before, which is now you're leaving your protagonist to tell the story of the antagonist. Right, okay. And you really should be presenting this from the point of view of the protagonist. Okay? Okay. So, um, you know, so he meets, you know, he meets the woman who runs the boarding house and he says something to her and then she takes uh, a liking to him and uh, he has to do this and he has to do that. 
and then she does this, but he has to do that, and he's got to do this. But we still, we still don't know what it is that he's trying to do throughout the story. So stay with your protagonist, okay? Stay with your protagonist. Okay. I get it. You know, I get, I get that. But keep in mind that when, that when this kind of thing starts to happen, my fear is, is that the antagonist is, is the more active character, and she's the more interesting character, which is very much what your logline told me. Right. And so, the, and so now this is this is this is sort of how your pitch is showing up. It's your p- pitch is now fulfilling that expectation of the logline, and uh, I think that could be problematic. Um, oh, I can see that now. You know, listen, stop and think of Gone Girl. All right, you know, you had this, you have this female character who is she's very active, she's very active, and she's doing a lot of stuff. But you can easily pitch that story from Ben Affleck's point of view, because because he's got to do a lot of shit too, mm-hmm. you know. He, you know he so, um, so what's happening now? What's so what's happening now? The boy meets the 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 woman, and the woman starts to get a little weird. With him, she's becoming she's she's acting maternal, and and so now you've got his 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 birth want, mother want, who's a spirit. Then you've got his stepmother who could be his birth mother. And now you have this woman who isn't either his stepmother or his birth mother, but she is becoming maternal to him. He want he wants to find out what exactly is up in the attic, and you know okay, find out so, an explanation for that. Okay, all right. But that's not what the movie's about, is it? I mean, that's I mean, that's not what the movie's about. Unless the attic, it's like you know, it's like fucking Die Hard or something, and it's like impossible to get there. But otherwise, he can just like walk up the stairs and open up the attic door, right? Right. I mean, that's no, like a I scene. Mean, I, I guess basically, uh, I mean, thematically, Ian's you know going to have to make a choice between the family he has left. Or submitting I get that, but that's, moment, right. but that's a scene, and you'll note that you said thematically. You didn't say dramatically. So, because dramatically is about taking that theme and manifesting it through conflict and action and behavior. Uh, and that's yeah. still, still quite not what I'm hearing. So I'm really wondering sort of what your second act is, because it sounds like it's just going to kind of meander, and it sounds like, um, have you actually written the script yet? Uh, I did a first draft of it, but I was starting a, a page one rewrite, so now it's only pretty much an outline form right now. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I definitely think that you need to um, think very hard about your protagonist and um, and you know what it is that he's doing. Look, go watch a bad movie like Ouija, you know. Mm-hmm. That just came out last year that made a lot of money, and right. uh, you know, and, and you know, watch what it does, and mm-hmm. how it keeps its protagonist active, and because this, because there's there's nothing inherently wrong. Well, no, that's not true. There's nothing theoretically wrong with your with your setup, but the problem is, is that it doesn't it doesn't really set anything up. You know, you're not setting up some great big thing that then this boy has to do and that he struggles to do through the whole movie that right. we care about. So, you know, and this could be because you said that you were adapting from a concept album and perhaps, and, you know, concept albums may not necessarily 
you know, be taking in this sort of dramatic structure in mind and and you know it can it can it can tell feelings and and moods through music and lyrics which you don't have the luxury of doing in this um right and story. And, and that has been the uh, the biggest challenge of extracting what exact exactly about it cinematically can work you know without you know and and discarding the rest well let me ask you this question let me ask you this question because I've only got about three minutes left. But let me ask you this question, which is, um, you know, why why this? You know, why do you feel like this should be a movie? Because this is this is an important question. Because as Absolutely. a dramatist, you have to be able to say, "Man, I love this record. This this fucking album is awesome. These musicians are terrific, man. This is a great album." But this would be a terrible movie. And, you know, it's like as a dramatist, you have to be able to make that differentiation. You know, you have to be able to to be able to see that or, you know, how how drastically do I have to change it so it can be a movie? So right. with just a, a couple of seconds, three minutes left in this call and the show. OK, uh, I've got three minutes left. So um, tell me very quickly. Why you think okay. this is a movie? It's been one of my favorite albums of all time. The first time get it. I, I ever, get it, but that right, doesn't right, right. mean it's a movie. Right. So the first time I ever saw the stage production of it, it, it scared me. It scared me the first time I heard it. And, you know, you read the lyrics along with it, and, and you automatically kind of think, wow, this, this could be a movie. Um, you know, what? just based- why do you? But why do you think that? You know, why do you think that it could automatically be a movie? Because so far I haven't heard one thing about it that could be a movie. Yeah, you know, there's some perhaps interesting visuals, but but I'm not hearing that. And so you got to ask yourself: Is it really just because I love this and love is blind? Right. Um, and that's I think that's a of I really think that's a fair question. You know. Yeah, um, that is a fair question. I think it's a fair question. I think you need to really go back. And look at it and um, try to find movies that are similar to it and watch them and see what they do and uh, see how they keep their characters active. So you can come on and say, this is a movie about a teen who, after a terrible car accident, loses his dad and finds himself in a boarding house where he struggles to do blah, 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 while while the psychotic uh, homeowner tries to stop him, you know, whatever that means. So um, that's, that's what you really have to think about. You know, it's just, it's not all that different from what Karen just did. You know, she's got Mm -hmm. this, this great big story, but she can't shrink it down to just tell me what the character has to do. And that's what right. I wish everybody would do because that's because that's your movie, that's your second act. You know, that's what creates the highs and the lows. That's what creates the um, the uh, the climax. That's where we find ourselves invested uh, in this story. So I've got about thirty seconds left, Blake. So I have to say goodbye. I'm glad you called back. I appreciate it. I just want to no, remind everybody that too. we are meeting again on February 23rd. Blake, of course is more than welcome to call back again because I would love people to call back so we can hear how they make those adjustments, how they make those, those tweets. So thank you for listening. As always, this is the Inside Pitch, out.